Welcome back. Welcome to the Better Men, Better Baseball podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I am really happy that you are joining us today. If you're joining us for the first time, this is the podcast where we talk about not only helping baseball players from a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint to create skills that's going to help our players after the game of baseball, which is more importantly, as we're developing better men. So today, we're going to spend even more time on those skills, those skills that can be, of course, helping us to become better ball players, like deep breathing, having a good mindset. But those things are also for when challenges, adversity happens to us in life. And we get to talk, to a, talk about those skills today with Catherine Rowe. She's the mental skills coordinator with the Baltimore Orioles. And um, right now she's actually doing weekly workshops with all the players in the Baltimore Orga- Orioles organization. She's a light- licensed mental health professional. She was the mental skills coach at University of Rochester for the men's soccer team. She has a master's degree in counseling and sports psychology from Boston University, as well as being an athlete herself, playing soccer and graduating from the University of Rochester. Uh, Catherine and I had an awesome conversation. It was a, one of the fastest hours I've had doing a podcast. Um, Catherine spoke about the weekly focused skills that she's doing with all the Orioles players as well as how she's teaching those mental skills, from defining the skill, giving examples, practicing exercises, incorporating those exercises and skills within the game or some type of activity they're going to do, as well as then giving them homework and seeing how they're applying those skills throughout the week. Um, So we talk a little bit about those things, amongst other things, such as mindfulness, talk about the spectrum of a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset and how people are throughout the day and how she's trying to create an ideal mindset and through really just the reoccurring theme of self-awareness. So a lot of great things that I think people can take all throughout their day, not just in baseball, but take all throughout their life. So really thankful for Catherine for taking the time to talk to us today and provide some really valuable content. If you ever want to reach out to her on something that you might need more understanding, clarity, she's very willing to share. Best way to do that is at her email is kv as in Victor, Rowe, R-O-W-E, 23 at gmail.com. Again, her email is kvrow23 at gmail.com. So again, thank you, Catherine, and I hope you guys enjoy. This conversation with the mental skills coordinator of the Baltimore Orioles, Catherine Rowe. Yeah, so I mean, the plan was originally for me to go to spring training and I was going to do a couple workshops down there with all of the players. Um, and then once we were going to go into season, I was going to be with Dalmarva and Aberdeen um, primarily. That was like the only two teams I was going to be working with. So Fast forward to COVID happening, I have been working still with all of the players. So we are still doing workshops. Um, we're meeting every other week, doing different skills. Like, I don't know, I think we're on like week 15, whatever week it is now. And 
just meeting virtually. And then we also do weekly mindfulness uh, workshops with them where we're doing like meditations and talking about being in the present moment. Um, so essentially what I would have been doing in person, we're just switching to virtual uh, with all the players. Anyone can attend if they want in the uh, minor league. Oh, so is it, a, is it, so it's a weekly skill-based. So you've, yes. you've picked those, you picked a skill a week and you basically kind of a, so what do you do with that within the week? Oh, what we'll do is, so if we can like break it down. So Monday is mindfulness, mindful Mondays. Tuesday, I have workshops with the pitchers. Um, so I broke it down by position too. So then I could give specific examples in each of those workshops related to them. So Tuesdays is pitchers, Wednesdays is infielders, Thursdays is outfielders and catchers. Um, and then Fridays is another mindfulness or we'll have like, we've had like guest speakers come on or we'll present another topic related to mindset. Um, I've also done Spanish workshops as well with the players. So like during that for the Spanish speaking players. So during that week, like in the workshop, I'll introduce a skill that's say self-talk, right? And we'll go through like the basics of like how, and especially for these guys, like why, why the hell am I asking them to like think about this? And then I'll give them some type of homework, I suppose you could call it, or something for them to work on during that week. And then I'll give them a worksheet and then like, we'll like follow up on it the following week and people will talk about it. All right, cool. Yeah, I was wondering, so Dick, what, uh, is there anything of like assessing where maybe somebody might be or is everybody kind of different places or how are you doing that with, within the huge range that you have? You said, you said you're, you're saying everybody from like big league club down to rookies. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Well, so that's a really, really good question, actually. And I think it would have been a lot easier to be able to observe that in person. Sure. So, I mean, I, this, from what I've been, you know, I've gathered from the information from the players that have been here for a while. Uh, they, I mean, they haven't really had anyone in this role full time. So a lot of them maybe have learned or read books. A lot of, I know a lot of the players have read books, but I haven't had one-on-one -on -one or like workshops like this. Or like probably tangible, like you're, you're probably giving tangible, concrete things to do, like within exactly. their self-talk. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, or like in college, a lot of the college guys probably had some type of sports psychologist. I've asked a lot of them, like I've done, sur I've given out surveys for them to give me feedback on like what they want to learn. Uh, you know, how they think their workshops are going. Um, but I really just try to get to know them as best as I can when I was in spring training on a individual level so that I can talk to them and gather that information as well. A lot of times I hear from the players that they had some type of work, but not really um, intense. So a lot of them are kind of basic, I would say. Cool. So do you feel like, uh, I guess since it's, since it's this new format, it's kind of still all virtual with everybody. Are you getting more? Are you think everybody's getting more of it or how do you think it is now with you signing all the players rather than you just being with one club? Another good question. I think it's, it is <laughs> beneficial because <laughs> no, it's, it's beneficial yes. because like I, like we said, like, right. I was going to be with two, only two of the teams. Like yeah. I would have been with everyone in spring training, but then That's just broken off and like, Hey, see ya, you know? Um, so I think it is great because I can actually work with anyone that wants to, uh, you know, utilize these services. So it'll be interesting to see next year, like what's going to happen in that regard. Um, but I think it is great because especially right now, since we're not, they're not playing, they have something like in their schedule to be like, okay, like I want to like better myself in this way. Like they're all doing their skill-based stuff, but this is something that they can also add to their game too. So when we do go back, 
um, they can work on this, you know, and, and practice or whatever the heck is going to happen. If they I back. And I think it's great that people see like you can work on these things, you know, like so much, so much of the previous, I think in the other, so if people don't think like this can be taught. Yeah. Well, that's, I think it, okay, so for me, I went into this field because I played soccer and I realized how, like how it, my mental game impacted me. Like I could have felt like I could have been so much better if I had worked with a sports psychologist all like throughout my soccer career. Sure. And it's not like people are just like, say like, you're mentally tough. Like that's it. And it's like, no, it's not like a born trait. You can work towards that. Some people have to put more effort into it, but it's not something that you just have or don't have. And I think that's a common misconception, like with like maybe old baseball too. Um, and a lot of these, and the coaches have been awesome. They've been so into it and accepting of it. And the players too, like they might be doing something that they don't know is a mental skill. And I'd be like, that's like self-talk, that's visualization. That's what you're, you're refocusing in that moment. Um, so it's kind of bringing awareness to like, yeah, like you don't just have mental toughness. You can work mm-hmm. towards that. And it sounds like you're bringing a common language to it as well. Yeah. Trying to like normalize it. I, the first, uh, I think a lot of times too, when people hear sports psychology or mental skills, they think of a mental health provider and they think like, Oh, she's here to work on like my anxiety or if I have depression. And, um, during spring training, I did my introduction. And one of the questions I asked, we did the trivia game, um, just to make it like fun and light. And I asked like, why would you meet with me? Like, what would be your reason you would meet with me? And one of the players said, well, if I'm depressed and I was like, well, no, like that, no, that's not it. Like, but it was great. He said that because there's a stigma, I think, with like yeah. psychology. It's like, no, that's not it at all. Yeah. Definitely a misconception of it for sure. So like, like getting into like a weekly skill, like skill base, like, so how do you teach it? Like, like I said, you, these things can be teach, can be taught. So how are you teaching them? Well, right now, since it's all virtual, what I like to do is, I mean, I have like a PowerPoint for them, but then, you know, we go through like the basics of like what it is. And then I'll give the specific um, little skills and like that regard. So if it's, let's say like deep breathing, we went through different exercises. We actually went through breathing exercises together on this, the Zoom call and went through and had them practice it. Um, I always try to type in, I'm uh, sorry, try to tie in some type of little activity. So it's not just me talking the whole time and I'm sitting there, it gets them interactive with it. So for um, visualization, we did something with them like twisting and seeing how far they could twist. I've done planks with them and their self-talk trying to get through like a hard plank. So trying to incorporate the skill with some type of game or interactive um, activity. So it's not, again, just them sitting there. And then afterwards, like every like homework I give them is related mostly to like baseball if they're going out and training but also I, I try to encourage them to do it in everyday life too if they can't get out and you know work on these skills like on the field especially right when the pandemic started and they couldn't like everyone was quarantined that was more difficult yeah, and I, I think I would say that are is some of the reason why like when you told about you were saying about um especially with the, with the most more talented but they want to know why i think good teachers start with the purpose too is are you all is it also part of the why that's going to help them even after baseball even outside of baseball yeah i mean i think certain skills you know more than others i mean a big we are really big on mindfulness and as a uh as a provider i'm very big on mindfulness as well because i think 
that can be used in life and in sport, right? Being in the present moment, controlling your emotions, your thoughts and behaviors. So yes, a lot of these skills can be for after baseball. And again, like it's been kind of helpful in, with this pandemic to be like, so be mindful when you're washing the dishes. Notice yourself talk when your significant other is annoying you and how can you, you know, reframe that. So yeah, trying to be like, this isn't just for sport. And it's interesting because some of the players have said, like after we did, I remember the self-talk, one of the players said he noticed himself getting frustrated with one of his family members and was being, oh, okay, like I need to bring it back. And it was helpful for him. Cool. So what are some of the skills that you have taught? Like if you don't, if you don't want to get into some of those skills. Oh, goodness. My gosh, yeah, you, said, you said you're week 15? You've done a lot. I'll That's tell a lot you. Of skills. Like, do you feel like, do you feel like, I mean, would you ever revisit some of those skills? Yeah. Do you feel like you've got them? Like, are you going, are you, are you planning on to kind of go well, back over them? seems like a lot of skills. It's interesting because, um, I mean, technically what the season would be done in September, end of September, October. So we'd like to hope we, we'd all like to hope that the Royals would. Yes. Yes. Um, so, you know, the plan would be ideally, if we have like instructs, if that ever, if that does happen, hopefully I could reintroduce these skills. Um, but whenever, even if it's next season in spring training, like we'll redo it again. And I don't, and honestly, this is my first year. So I don't know what off season is going to look like. I don't know what it's going to entail for me. Um, but we have, so we started off, we've, I've taught them about, gosh, like 10 skills, mental skills. And then now we're switching more to, situation based so I will give them a scenario and have them you know discuss openly with everyone on the call like how they would handle that using the mental skills so it's more practical so you're like um, responses you're like working on, on a response yes so like let's see like what did I do for pictures this week and was it today's Thursday Tuesday um we talked about if like they're too mechanical on the mound right and like they're overthinking and kind of getting yippy like how are they gonna how are they gonna manage that or if they have a really frustrating bullpen and then they have to go and their first pitch, like how are they going to manage that? What are they going to do to refocus and reset? So things like that. And then I break it up again by position and the coaches have been phenomenal because they have given me great, great situations. That I probably would not have come up with. So for sure. Sure. Yeah. And those guys um, are great for that. That's for sure. Those are oh, for sure. And I like how, I guess what you're saying is you're preparing to say, they, it's not, it's not a matter of if this happens, it's a matter of when it's happening. Yeah. Right. Like that's the thing is I think, especially in baseball and I've come to learn this, they fail like so much. If you get like three hits, holy shit. Like that's amazing. Right. Like, and you like miss like seven times, like three out of 10, like that's huge. <laughs> you're like in the hall of fame. <laughs> so it's like, you're set up to fail. It's going to happen. So what are you going to do when this happens? You know, we're not going to be ignorant to that or naive to it it's going to happen. So why not plan ahead, especially during this downtime when we can think about it because during season, they're just go, 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 go. So it may not be as rewarding for them or as you know realistic for them to reflect on it during that time. So yeah, you're, are you getting into that? So like, I guess when you switch in these scenarios or roles, are you switching into more of like a reflective kind of thing? Like, Hey, how was the week? When did you use one of these responses? So when we were doing more of the skill-based stuff, yes. But now that we're doing like scenario-based, it's really just them reflecting in the moment. 
Um, but I've had like players like afterwards, like think about like they, and they can get, they get to ask, excuse me, they get to ask the coaches questions in that moment too. Like, how would you handle that? Um, so it gives people different ideas if maybe they can't, they wouldn't know how they handle it or what they're, how they're handling it isn't working well. So now it's more reflective based, like in the moment. Cool. So what are some examples that you've used, you've seen so far? Like, let's say that guy gets the yips, you know, like, you know, their response to that, or if they get mechanical, if they get like, you know. You know, what are some responses that you would say that you've heard of good recommendations? Yeah, yeah. I, I've gotten really excited listening to them because they have all have really, really good um, responses to it. But a, a big thing, and I think this is a really a big reoccurring theme in baseball and mo- in any sport too, really. But since baseball is more stagnant, it's having a deep breath and controlling your breathing is huge to reset a bit. A lot of them say like they do that to reset when they notice in their mind that they're starting to become more mechanical. They take a deep breath. A lot of them do different skills to reset. One of the players said like he kicks the dirt and that's him like swiping away what he does they had just done. And then he takes a breath and then he focuses in again. So I love that. Like I got real excited when I heard that. Um, but I would say like a reoccurring theme, like I've heard this week is deep breathing. That's the biggest thing for them and working on controlling their breath, That's cool. which is simple. And it's, it's funny because, you know, people maybe not think of that. Like they think of these huge skills we're teaching is like, no, like breathing, because a lot of times when you're not focused on the breath, first off, there's many things, right? Like your heart rate's going a lot faster. So your brain's going really fast and it's just like all over the place. So slowing your breath down is going to slow everything down internally. Right. And mm. it's something you can control too. A lot of times when people are like overthinking things, it's on things they can't really control. So it's like your breath, you can control. So there's lots of skill, like reasons for deep breathing. Sure. No, sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, this is, this is great. This is, I mean, so have, have, have any of the players realized and say, Hey, I actually do that, but I just never knew it. Um, are you growing awareness to those kind of things or how's that? Well, work? so I've learned from doing these workshops virtually, like my first workshop I presented all the skills we did on like one slide and I was like what do you guys do in this moment how are you using these skills and then I was like hmm, like I want to hear what they're saying and then label it for them so maybe they didn't know what it was so players would be talking and I would say, say like oh it sounds like you're being very mindful in that moment oh it sounds like you're using intentional focus and they'd be like yeah like yeah that's that's what that is or like growth mindset or things of that nature so letting them talk and putting their language to it and then me like labeling it for them so maybe they didn't even know hmm. so you said growth mindset is growth mindset a skill that you have taught because that's is that, is that really a skill so it is a concept right and yeah. we're big on that here in the um in the minor leagues and the orioles so teaching the concept of growth mindset and then trying to teach skills to you know how to obtain a growth mindset in those moments so a big thing would be like i and we read um mindset by Carol Dweck. And she Mm -hmm. talks about identifying your fixed mindset voice versus your growth mindset voice. So that's a skill you can teach is self-awareness in those moments to identify, hmm, like this is my fixed mindset voice. How can I reframe it to be more of a growth mindset voice? So not necessarily growth mindset skill, but skills to obtain a growth mindset. Right. That's cool. So like what, what were some of the, what were some of the, the skills that you would obtain um, a growth mindset. I love it. And then, so you're, I guess your self-talk is really kind of in Huge. embedded in that. Huge. Yeah. But, then you, but you go specifically for being a growth mindset. Yes. So actually I'm going to, because this was, I'm going to pull up my workshop right now for this. Cool. Um, 
second. Yeah, that's super cool. So identifying your growth mindset voice and your fixed mindset voice. Yes, because a lot of times people aren't even aware of it. And a, a reoccurring theme, I think, in, if I had to say something for mental skills, a reoccurring theme that I try to tell all the athletes I work with is the basis and foundation of self-awareness. Because if you're not aware of your thoughts, your feelings, or behaviors, or whatever you're doing in that moment that's impacting your play, both negatively and positively, we can't consistently do that, or we can't make changes. So it's like interesting. If I'm working with an athlete individually, one of the first things I always ask, I'm like, well, in that moment, what are you thinking? And a lot of times they're like, well, I don't know. Like, I, I have no idea. So like, that's like our first step is like, you have to start to become aware because we're not able to make changes then. And you can't know what, what you've done to be successful either. Exactly. So some of the skills for like growth mindset, um, identifying triggers, like your triggers for a fixed mindset can be really helpful. So if it's someone that like, you know, if a coach is yelling at them, if that triggers them to have like a fixed mindset, it's like, okay, knowing that's a trigger. And in that moment, what can you do to reframe that situation? Self-talk is a big one as well. That's a big one. We talked about them trying to become aware of in the week. And then neuroplasticity. So basically you have to try new skills. Like, so going out and trying new drills, new hitting techniques, like everything that our coaches are doing is like growth mindset oriented because your, your brain wants to grow and learn. So trying new things is really big. So you're saying try, when we try a new skill, sometimes people might get to a fixed mindset talk. Sorry. So, so that's what we need to be aware of. We need to be like, we need to try new things. Or- so I think a, a lot of times people are afraid to try new things because they are afraid of looking dumb. They're afraid of getting criticized for that. Right. And their core belief is like, oh, it's like a set that let's give an example, um, like Michael Jordan. Right. He was born a great basketball player. In reality, he was he worked his ass off to get to where he was. Right. So neuroplasticity and saying that go out and try things. You're not like no skill is set in stone. You can always learn and try new things. So someone that doesn't go out and try new skills, they're in a more of a fixed mindset. Because they're afraid of looking bad, they're afraid of the criticism, or they feel like they can't, they won't get ever get better. Yeah, that's interesting. Because every time, yeah, you do bring up a a new drill or something like that, you know, people definitely want to. I guess the criticism criticism comes up, and I've never really related that to a fixed mindset. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good way to put it. And I'm sure the Orioles want definitely want you to do that because if they're trying new things, <laughs> growth oh, mindset it all starts with the growth mindset. They, and what's great as our coaches, it's been fascinating and I've loved watching them. I mean, in spring training, we were there for like, what, three weeks, but, um, you know, they're trying all these new drills and the players are at first were like, I think a little bit like, what the heck, but now they're really bought into it. And they realize that challenging themselves is only going to make them better. And, you know, we have the mindset that in order to get better, you have to fail so you can learn from it. So we want you to fail. We're going to challenge you. And that's all growth mindset. So it's been awesome. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. You're trying new skills. So like those are all skills within you trying to have a growth mindset. Is there any other ones? I really like that, trying new skills. That's like a big one. Those yeah. are the three that, because I don't want to overwhelm yeah. them when I'm talking to them. Like, no, I'm sure. And then that's also, you, could, like, you can remember those, you know, the self-talk triggers and trying new skills. You said neuroplasticity? Yeah. I would just say like, yeah, try new skills. 
that's like challenge yourself. Yeah. And I could see that being really helpful to, um, I mean, we're doing this right. Like the minor leagues, this is a big thing. Um, like, but at high school and college, like developmentally wise, like for athletes, that's huge. It you is. Know, it's and. I could see it being so if like a coach is like saying like, Hey, like this, we're going to challenge you. We're, we know you're going to fail at this, but we want you to tra- like try this out and we're going to reflect and get better each time. But we want to challenge you. That's how you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which all stems from the growth mindset. So, do, I mean, what's the difference there? Like, you know, with trying new things, not, not wanting to see, like not wanting to, to be criticized or not wanting to look stupid. Is, is there a difference there between a growth mindset and then something like the, like the, like the, I want to say the social aspect of it, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. It's, it comes down to like core beliefs in that regard too, right? I didn't, we could get into the whole thing about yeah, that. Sure. But <laughs> for this, like our basis, like when I was explaining this to the players, I had this nice little graph um, and was talking about how, <laughs> excuse me, you know, we have, there's beliefs and then things that we focus on, right? So someone that's in a fixed mindset, they believe that you're born with your skills, that you can't learn and grow, and they focus on the outcomes and, and not looking bad. So that's someone that is in the fixed mindset. And then there's like the key ingredients to growth. And so there's like effort, challenge, mistake, and feedback. And someone that's in a fixed mindset they don't want to put an effort because they don't think it's useful because their belief is they were born this way. They can't get better. Right. They don't want to do challenges because it's going to make them look bad and they don't think they can get better. That's their belief. They don't want to make mistakes because they get discouraged. Again, it makes them look bad. And then they don't want feedback either because they don't think it's useful because they can't get better. Right. So there's like core beliefs in there at, at points too. Okay. Um, but the thing is, someone's not just fixed or growth mindset, right? We all throughout the day go through a fixed or growth mindset. It's a spectrum and a continuum. So I really emphasize that with the players too, because like they could, I could see them be seeing there and be like, oh my God, like I do this like all the time. Like, it's like, no, like everyone does this throughout the day, but it's being aware and then trying to fix it in that moment. Yeah. Like you were saying, that's a reoccurring thing is self-awareness. Yes. Very, very, very big. Do you find it to be like, would that, is that a, uh, have your, is that a good exercise to where they would actually like maybe chart down or write down times of the day that they were, had a fixed mindset or growth? Mindset? Yeah. So we, we, I did that with them actually. So I had like a chart that had fixed and growth um, mindset voice and just like writing out times that they noticed it, just to become aware. That's a big, big tool that we use. Um, not just in mental skills, but in mental health too, right? Like charting like a thought journal to be like, this, this is when I was thinking this. So you can see if there's a reoccurring thing of when it's happening and what's triggering it. Mm, that's good. That's good. That's good. And I like you said, reoccurring theme or something like, yeah, you said, maybe, okay, here's how we're going to find your trigger is we'll do this daily like yep. checklist. Yep. Checklist. That's great. I'm just writing that down. I got to write that down. That's great. <laughs> that, that's fine. Yeah. Go for it. I, yeah. Uh, and I think a players do like have like, um, like journals that they'll keep. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's something that they can jot down too. 
if, if they notice when like they're not like, when they um, start to become unfocused, like what points of the game do they notice that? Um, so then that's also, it's like, again, just recurring theme, self-awareness. So then it's like, okay, we know at this point, you typically like lose, like your performance goes down a little bit, what's going on. And then how do we change that? So it could be self-talk, it could be like a, m- a number of things, but yeah, journaling. Awesome. Journaling. So do you require, so do you, is that part of you? Like, do you tell them through you to require them or you just kind of say, I advise you to do this? Well, I don't, re- yeah, I don't require them to do it. Um, is that something you check on? I'm sorry. Is that, is that part of something that you check on, like part of that weekly? So if I'm if I'm doing individual work, it would be more of me like checking in. But with these group settings, I'm not going to – it's not like they send it to me every week. Um, okay. It's on them. It's like their personal responsibility, you know, to do it themselves. But if I'm working with someone individually, like I'll go over it with them in session. Um, but I think that's it's important too that, you know, it's not – like I'm checking in all the time on that because again, it's personal responsibility, it's accountability. And if I force something on someone, it's not authentic, right? Like they're not going to want to do it. They're like, this doesn't work for me. Why am I doing this? Right? So I give them these different skills and hopefully one clicks with them. So then they'll stick with that one, but not every skill is going to work for every single person either. Sure. I'm also not like their mom, you know? So I'm not going to be like, did you do this this week? So sure. No, it's just something I mean, do you, do you find that people who like, do you, is, is, is the, is the notebook or some type of reflection like that? Is that, is that pretty common between guys who are pretty, very strong mentally? I would, I mean, again, like I think every, and this is a reoccurring thing too for mental skills, everyone's different. It's cliche, yeah. but I mean, I know when we were in spring training, I had like folders for all of the players that I was going to give them so they could jot down notes during my workshops. And then there would be like the worksheet. So they have something to look at. And I know, I mean, I, a lot of players I have heard do journal. Um, again, it just depends. Some people don't like to do that. It, it really does depend though. Okay. Now, do you think it would be different? Like, let's say you were at you went back to Rochester, you know, you went to, into, you go to Maryland or Naval Academy, you're the full-time performance coach there. Like, you think that looks differently in college? Ooh, great question. And then trickle it down even high school, you know, because it's, yeah. I, know, I know we want to, because that, that's my whole thing. And that's the reason I've even started the podcast because yeah. it's such a, it's uh, like, you know, all these things go hand in hand, you know, and I, yeah. I, I've always put it, I've started putting my practice, you know, I've been a big Brian Kane guy and, Yep. Um, you know, part of his certification and, and I, I've always seen a very co- big correlation between guys who had either the routines or had good self-talk or, you know, just, you know, understood about the process and, yep. you know, not focused on directly on the outcomes and things like yes. that. So I just saw a very commonality. I'm like, you know, this needs to be taught more, you know? And, yes. I think it would be super beneficial if this was taught as like young as possible, <laughs> Like I said, like, I wish I was taught. I, my first experience with a sports psychologist, I was in eighth grade at um, an ODP camp for soccer. And we had a sports psychologist come in. And at the time I was like, what the heck is this? You know, but I think if it's just normalizing, like, this is the expectation, this is your per- mental skills or performance coach. We're going to do weekly sessions or bi-weekly, whatever. It would be so beneficial for kids starting out younger because they would buy into it and just have that routine down. Wouldn't be focused on the outcome. Um, and I think especially in high school, there's that pressure. There's so many different pressures, right? Like getting into school, getting recruited, like if they're going to get drafted, 
there's so many different things that play into their performance. So why not teach it so they can figure it out before everything happens to them in life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dealing with expectations, you know, when you get a, you got a certain year and the expectations he has to either to get drafted or get a scholarship that changes, you know, and there's this change. You've seen a guy from one year having the freedom of just playing and the next thing having expectations and he just can't handle himself because he just might not be equipped with the certain skills, mental skills. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, I would teach these same skills to a college athlete, to a high schooler. I mean, there's like the basis, right? Like mental skills there, you can look in a book and there, you can read it. People, that's what people do. They read about mental skills, but I think it's, a, you know, the younger, the better, I would personally say, because it's just going to get them into that routine and figuring it out. And I think just coping and managing stressful situations better, because that's a big thing too right now is I, a lot mental health is a big thing too in sports right now. So being able to cope at a younger age would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Where would you start? Like, so with, with, with it all, I mean, where do you think that you would kind of put just like, do you feel like the fixed mindset and growth mindset is a good place to start for people? I like to start with talking about like ideal mindset. So that incorporates, you know, introduces self-awareness. So I like to go through and have them think about when they're performing at their best what does that look like? What are thoughts they're having? What are feelings they're having? What are behaviors or routines they're doing versus when they're playing their worst? So that incorporates self-awareness. And then that's when I can be like, okay, so when you're not playing your best, these are skills that can help you to get to that point where you are playing your best. So I always like to start with ideal mindset too. That also helps me because if they have no idea how they're doing when they're playing their best or worst, like we have to work on that a little bit more. Um, So I like to start with that ideal mindset. And I think, um, you know, when we were in spring training, I was going to talk about that. I I, I did talk about, that was the one workshop I got to do in person with them was ideal mindset. Um, And then I was going to do energy management, which would incorporate the breathing, turning your dial up or down, knowing what you have to do in that moment. So if someone's really nervous and it's really impacting their game, Um, Because nerves aren't always bad and people think that, but they're not. But if it's really impacting them, like how can we turn that down so you can perform and manage it versus if someone's really fatigued or not feeling it, like how do we turn that dial up? Uh, Visualization. Some people would know that as imagery as well. Um, And then we also talk about, um, oh my God, what was the last? I'm so sorry. What was the goal setting? Mm. No, no, no. Oh my gosh. What was the last one we were going to do? I'm so sorry. Ideal mindset, self-talk. That was the last one. There you go. Yeah, there we go. This is a great one. Um, I can't, I've done a lot of them, so I kind of forget. And that was so long Yeah, ago. you have done a lot of them. You've done a ton of them. And that's why, yeah, I guess like, but like you said, I mean, not everybody's going to get everything. So you, I guess you're just trying to see what kind of works for everyone. Yeah. And then you yeah, exactly. That's why we've done it a lot, but you know, hopefully, or again, like they might be even doing it already. So they wouldn't even like, they'd be like, Oh, I'm doing that. So I'll keep doing that. But Mm -hmm. I think with younger players, a lot of them probably they're not off on their own reading about this. Right. Um, so it would be interesting to incorporate those skills with them. But I would say like, those are like four, like I would teach those Mm because they're pretty common and they incorporate a lot. So I know uh, just based off talking to Josh and Tom, Coach Eller and, um, and Conway, 
I know that the world is like they put in some uh, like individual development plans. And so do, will you be involved with that? Will like, will a certain player know like, Hey, you know, will that be, will that ever show up in a, in a development plan? That's a really good question. I know on the plans, I believe it says there's a section for like mental skills. Um, I, so if a player meets with me individually, it's all confidential. Okay. Coaches don't know about it. Management doesn't know about it unless the player um, signs a release of information that says, yes, I want you to talk with them. But otherwise it's all confidential. Okay. So um, I wouldn't go out of my way to be like, Hey, this needs to go on their player plan. But if someone wanted me to, like we could talk about that. I would love to put on the player plans about like mental routine. So if a player has a mental routine that they're doing, that could be in the plan. So the coach knows then like if they're doing this, it's because that's part of the routine. They're not mad. They're not frustrated. They're not blowing you off. Like that's what they need to do in that moment. So you're saying like um, the one guy like kicks the dirt to reset. You're saying put that in there. Yeah. Because it, and then it might be helpful because that could be interpreted as, Oh my God, he's like frustrated at himself, right? He's kicking things. And it's like, no, like he said, he even said it. He's like, it might look like I'm frustrated, but I'm not. That's what I need to do in that moment. So for a coach, it might be helpful to be like, Oh, okay. That's just him resetting. Like we're good. He's not getting worked up. Like, we're good. So I could see that eventually maybe getting to that point. Um, but maybe not mandatory because maybe some players, again, don't want coaches to know. Again, it's it's something to think about, though, for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, I could say from a coach's standpoint, I mean, people want to, you know, that just – I can tell when a kid is more sped up because his routine changes, you know yes. what I mean, and just knowing the kid in a small – but, like, when you're dealing with a fluid lineup, you know, and you're dealing with hundreds of people at a time, you're not going to have a chance to know that. So – I think, you know, putting in a person's plan to say, hey, this guy's going to kick the dirt or this guy's going to, yeah. you know, take his helmet off after he swings at a bad pitch or whatever the case is, you know, I, I think that that's the real relationship, you know, that that's uh, almost like a communication between everybody that they, I'm sure they would like to know. Absolutely. And I, like, I think it would be good for relationship building too. So players yeah. know that their coach knows that they're doing this. So I've thought about that. Um, and that would be like a whole nother thing that we could like could do. And it'd be awesome. It's just right now it, Unfortunately, we're not. Yeah, so, yeah, not it's just, yeah. So yeah. it's something to think about for the like the next level. Like, yeah, let's incorporate this. Yeah, it's all part. Of, like you said, I think the relationships, like what you were saying, that really hits it home too. Absolutely. You know, to because you they, you would only get that with ha- having a good relationship with it because you spent time with that guy to know that exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. And but, without the player trusting you, like that's not gonna ever happen either. So, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like with my like in my role too, like if they don't trust me and like, they're not gonna, they don't care, you know? So it's like, I have to build that. It's the same with like a coach. I have to build that trust with them as well. Mm-hmm. That's why it's confidential too. Cause I, you know, I've had players be like, well, are, are like people going to know when I'm no, like that's, and I've let coaches know it's all confidential. Like can't tell you if I am or not meeting with that person can't tell you. And they've been really, they've been respected it and it's been great. Hmm. And that's just because they come through you as like counseling or is it mostly just because they're trying to gain us? Like you're saying, Hey, like you should come be with me. Like, is it because it's on them when they do that or is when you approach them? No, they, they approach me. Right. So I would never go up to a player and be like, you're doing this wrong. Like I wouldn't do that unless I had a good relationship with them. Then I would go up to some players. I, I could see myself doing that. I did that at my last job at um, the university of Rochester. Like if someone 
I noticed something was off and I had a good relationship with them, like I would go up. Um, but I wouldn't, they'd come up to me to meet individually okay. and schedule like appointments right now. It's all virtual, but yeah. But then the skill stuff that you can just teach everyone, like that's when you just have yep. class. That's, yes, exactly. Okay. Um, so I, going back to like, I know when you talked about like your first thing, when you talk about that, the ideal mindset when you're trying to create that and you have guys list, like when they're playing their best versus, versus their worst. I was just thinking, you know, a lot of times when we're playing our best. We're clear of thought. You know, like we're not thinking. And so when a guy says, if I'm playing at best, I'm like, I don't know what I'm thinking. Like, I'm, I'm not. Right. And so how do you build that into, like, how would you help build a guy saying, okay, here's how we're going to get you to where you're not thinking at all. So great point. And that, and that sounds like they're in the zone or in flow in that moment. Right. right. And even though people aren't saying that they're not thinking, they are. And, but it's just not all over the place and it's very focused. So maybe they don't know exactly what they're thinking, but there may be bodily sensations that they're feeling, right? They might be really relaxed, like they're not tensing up. So if that might be the case and that might be something they can feel. And we can, we can you know, redo that at, for each game. Like we can do breathing, progressive, progressive muscle relaxation. Um, so there is something, maybe it's their routine. That day when they were feeling like that, they had a certain routine before the game. So it doesn't have to be like, exactly thoughts maybe every time even though they are thinking of things if they're not aware of it but it could be other things not just thoughts does that make sense yeah like a body feeling you're saying like yeah, definitely yes. relax definitely yes. relax you said like in your routine yeah so if they out like players a lot of times have routines before games right like whether everyone's different some guys watch movies or like listen to music right or they do something when they're stretching so if they have a routine that's consistently helping them let's keep doing that right mm -hmm. versus if they're doing something that isn't helping them that really routine that isn't helping them and they're not playing great well let's change that um but also being aware like that has to be flexible too because some things come up right that might change your routine but yeah yeah that's cool because i know that's always a the tough one to think about you know because you know, people say, you know, like hitting a home run, you're like, I didn't even think about it. You know, I just kind of yeah. didn't feel it, you know? And, and so getting them, I guess, yeah, I guess. So are you just questioning them through that process yes. and say, okay, well, what about this? Or how's your, and then. It could be. Oh, sorry. I've even worked with athletes where if they say like, I don't know, like, I'm like, look at, go watch film. I want you to go watch. We all have film. Right. And, and, and I'm like, go watch look at it and come back and we'll talk about it. And for them to like, just see it in that moment to be like, Oh, okay. And like, look at, it can bring back like feelings in that moment too. Um, so that's a skill that can be used too. Or like you could even do it in like in session. If I'm working with someone individually, like they could be like, okay, stand up, you know, get in your stance. Like when you're going to be throwing or hitting, you know, walk me through like what you're feeling in that moment. So I actually have them, in that moment go through thing like oh I don't know little things like that it's not easy too and I think mm -hmm. that's something with mental skills too I mean I'm an athlete I'm competitive and it's not something that comes to you overnight it takes time and deliberate practice so I think athletes sometimes get frustrated like we introduce a skill and they try it one time and they're like well that didn't work like we're done like that's it it's like no like you have to continue continuously try it and figure it out. It's going to take practice 
and time. And I always say that to like, tell them, listen, I know you're an athlete. You want to be good at what you do. You're not going to be good at this to begin with. So knowing that it's going to be okay when it doesn't work right away, just keep practicing it. And then after a while, we're still at the same spot. Okay. We'll try other things too, but they're not going to be good right away at it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, that'd be, that'd be a really, I'm sure a learning experience for you to come see next year, but you know, where you're at. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I just like that. When you're not thinking it might be a bodily feeling, what your body's doing pre-game routine. That's great. Great, great, great. Great stuff. I love it. I love it. Um, so where, where, where are you at next? So like, so as you get into the scenarios, is there another plan like after the scenarios? Um, so like once we get down to the situational stuff, guys are reflecting on that, like you were visiting the skills or, you know, I guess, I guess reflecting after the season with the goal, with goal setting. Ooh, wow. Look at, that's a really good idea. Um, <laughs> I, so, you know, I'm kind of taking it day by day because I don't know what's going to happen yeah. because of COVID. Right. Um, I could see ideally, like I, you know, reflecting on this time and being like, what do you want to work with on the off season? Now I know, I'm, I don't know if the coaches do that with the players, like I'm sure they do with their plans for goals, but on the mental side, like, what do you want to focus on during our, I guess our real off season, even mm-hmm. though this feels like it to them. Um, because then once we get back um, to the swing of things, hopefully, you know, spring training and everything, um, I will be re like, I'll reintroduce these skills, always reintroducing them like doing different activities, but it's something that can always be refreshed to them. Yeah. Um, Folks, it's like you ever master them, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and plus like, you know, not every player has been able to come to the sessions, right? Like they're, they're training, they, you know, different time zones. So it's just good. It'd be a good refresher, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So have you ever, um, do you have like a curriculum? Have you ever thought about like, hey, should I have a curriculum of this stuff to kind of long range it? Or is it just really based off of what you're, what the guys need? So technically I have, I call it my manual that I made all of these, the, the skills I presented, I made before spring training. That was going to be the first four I was going to do in like my spring training curriculum. And then after when I was split into the two teams, I was going to go through and do like the other skills that I taught. Now I just had done all of it for all of them. So like, that's like my manual though, my curriculum okay. that I have for them. Um, but then at the, like the same time, uh, you know, when I have sent out like a survey to the players to be like, what do you want to learn? What have you been interested in? So that's something I, I always want feedback from them too. So if that's something I'm not doing, they want to learn more about, then I can, you know, I would not be like, oh, it's not in the curriculum. We're not doing it. Right. Like I right. added it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking, cause I mean, if, if you think, cause I know that's something I was, I always thought about at the, at a high school level, you know, and, um, and I just even thinking at a, when I a college level, if there was just a curriculum based or if it just should be like, Hey, you know, we're not responding really well right now. So we have to work on like just making up responses to all these scenarios. Mm-hmm. Well, so when I was working with um, the men's team at the University of Rochester, like I didn't have a curriculum. I would do mostly individual work with the players at that time, um, but I did do workshops and it was based off of in that moment what we thought we like, I thought like they needed. So we did stuff on like team culture, like at moments. We did 
self-talk, you know, like in those things, it was based off of in that moment what they needed. So I've so done was, So is your role, sir, how different was the role in college than it is now? Like, did you have, yeah, how was, how, how different was it? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess the jobs are different in that I'm full-time at this job, which is phenomenal. Um, and that when I was working with the men's team, soccer team, it was part-time. So I couldn't be there as much as I would have liked. Um, so in that regard, you know, that's totally different, but I mostly, the difference would be that I did more individual work with players there. And here I'm doing at this time workshop, I'm doing more workshops. Um, cause I did, I did the only a couple workshops with the soccer team, but other than that, it's pretty similar because the age, the ages mm-hmm. of the players are pretty similar, especially mm-hmm. with, with the minors. Um, and I mean, these are professional athletes, so that's obviously different. Um, but they're both, you know, like both, what's the word? I'm sorry. What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Populations, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Populations of players, right? Like they're dealing with different stressors, but they're still dealing with stress. So it's like, how can we manage that? Um, and like the college players were not going to go on professionally. Like they knew that. So it was like working on, okay, like afterwards, like you only have this finite amount of time. Like, what do you want to get out of this? Whereas this, you know, their goals are totally different, um, but very similar. And I've loved it. I yeah. have to say. Enjoyed sure. it. I wonder how, I wonder how different it would be if you would have had your team, your two teams, you know, yeah. on, a regu- on a regular season, you know, I know. how. I don't know. I, I think about that as well. How different this, like you said, you. I don't know if you. You think you would have been doing the same amount of workshops, you know, or it may would have been more one-on-one. I don't think I could have been doing as many workshops because they're traveling. Um, I was hoping, I was planning on traveling with them though, and you know, being there present for the games. I think that's a big thing too is for building relationships. I want to be as visible as possible, so they know, like, they're not just like, who's this random girl standing over here right like I get like at spring training I was out on the field with them while they were doing the drills while they were hitting you know throwing keys and their bullpens like I was there and like I would talk with them you know and be like oh like, and just just to build a relationship and I think that's the biggest thing too is being present um, especially in the mental skills world so I mean when I was with the soccer team I would be at as many practices as I could even if I wasn't working with an athlete just to be there and familiar like they that's how they knew me and then I traveled with them and you know that's I think a big thing so I don't I don't think physically I could have done as many workshops right now as as I was doing right now but I would still be present okay yeah that makes sense great question though because I don't really I don't know what it would have looked like yeah Um, for sure for sure now do you are you so you'll be in a dugout and everything like that you know so we're that's the, that was the plan. Um, okay. I was talking with Matt blood about that and I'd like to be, yeah, in the dugout. Um, I don't, I probably should know this, but I don't know like if there's like regulations on who can be in the dugout. I know for college soccer, like, I had to be put, you know, on the roster and, um, especially for NCAAs. So I'm not sure how that works in um, the minors, but yeah, I'd like to be on the bench and mm-hmm. present and then if someone wants to you know step aside and talk and i'm there 
But if anything, it's just relationship building too. Yeah. I learned and I learned too. And like you said, it would, you would never approach a person and say, Hey, you know, I saw you got sped up there, you know, like you didn't, yeah. you're, I, I didn't see your routine. Like you wouldn't yeah. do that. Unless I had a really good relationship with them and the player gave me the okay. Like before, yeah. like if you ever see this, like then, but I wouldn't go, no, I wouldn't. Cause I don't know how that's going to impact them. You know, I don't know how that's going to, in that moment, if they're going to respond well to that, or I don't want to mess that up. Sure. So, um, yeah, I would never, yeah, go out of my way. Just be like, oh, I saw that. And cause I don't know what they're going to, how they're going to respond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So have you, as routine, is routines part of something that you've taught, like one of the skills? Not specifically. We were going, I was, I wanted to talk about like mental routines for them. Um, but a lot of them are really aware of their routines already. They always talk about that. And okay. I think it's really big in baseball. It I know soccer, not as like much, you know, they yeah. have like their pregame things, but like with baseball, it's a lot of routine. So they're pretty aware of that, but it's something I would definitely want to address too going forward. Like, hey, write this down. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Be aware of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the routines are huge in baseball, you know, because there's so much down. There's, you know, that 12 seconds, 12 to 14, 15 seconds is pretty big between pitches. For sure. But. I think it's also important to address, too, with these routines in baseball. Um, what happens when your routine is messed up? You know, if like you, if, especially like before a game, if there's like a rain delay or something happens, right, and it's thrown off, like how are you going to respond to that and be flexible with it too? That's important, I think, to address as well because things aren't always going to go perfectly. Yeah, and I think that's huge because, yeah, we're definitely creatures of habit, you know, and especially baseball, do we do it so much? So, yeah, those guys need to like, oh, what happens yeah, with a rain delay? So, mm-hmm. well, what, how much of that is in their control too, you know, of like, the team gets in a rain delay and how much, I guess, I guess depends on what they could do. I guess it's something they need to work, work through. Yes. So we actually talked about one of our scenarios, what they would do if like a rain delay came up and their routine was completely messed up. And a lot of guys were talking about like, you know, like I know what I need to do like 15 minutes before we go out. So if I like in that time, like I can do whatever, but I know I need 15 minutes. So like I can, you know, then that's when I can start to do my stuff. Um, whatever they, whatever they do. Um, so no, again, it's like awareness too, in that moment and thinking about it and no, it's, this is interesting too. I think I've had players ask me like, well, what about like superstition? You know, like doing, is that like a routine or is that superstition? And I always like to ask like, well, why are you doing it? You know, what's the reason you're doing that? Like, you know, you've seen, like, I think of like the doll who like picks his nose and his like wedgie before he, every like freaking serve. Right. It's like, well, why is he doing that? That for him, I don't, I guess that's his routine, right? But sometimes players are like, well, my coach told me to do that. It's like, well, does it help you? Or are you just doing it because your coach told you to do it? And they're like, well, I haven't really thought about it. You know, so a lot of times I think players don't even are aware, like sometimes what their routines mean or why they're doing them. So figuring out why you're doing that routine too. Yeah, I know I've heard of um, like, uh, what was it? Is it? Is it Ken Rivisa? Uh, I forget when yep, it was. Mm-hmm. Own it, you know, says so you got to first know it, then you're going to do it, then you're going to own it. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's three things there, you know. So, yeah, I guess that's the, once they own it, I guess they're really going to know why. Yes. So they can own it. Hmm. Awesome, 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 awesome. We are nearly already at an hour in. This is crazy. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. 
really, really cool. This is awesome. This is awesome. Kat, I, I tell you what, I, I couldn't find you on Twitter. Like, are you like, even are you putting oh, your I'm content not, stuff I'm on not, the, no Twitter? Are you like no social I'm media? I'm not on Twitter. And I get this, ask, put, DJ, uh, ask DJ about that because he gives me the hardest time ever because I'm not on Twitter right now. Um, I have an account of the Instagram account for the Orioles, but just for the Orioles. Okay. I'm working on getting a Twitter because DJ gives me a hard time about that. <laughs> yeah, so love I, I, yeah, I, I gotta get it. I don't have a Twitter right now. No, I don't. Okay. Cause I was wondering, I was, I'm sure you have some great content, you know, just listen to our, you know, just our conversation, you know, like I'm sure there's some great stuff that you have out and that could help people besides us in baseball. And that's, that's, that's my, that's the bonus of this episode, you know, and the bonus why I love to talk to you. Cause I mean, I've been having Brian Kane on too. Like that's, one of the best feedback that I've gotten from doing this is just like that helped me even I'm I'm a mom that just, you know, helped with my kid that, but that helped me here during the quarantine, you know, like I love to be able to offer those things. So, you know, like, speaking of that, like, so have you had yet, have you, have have you had any of that feedback with your, the players or even yourself? Like these skills have helped me even during this quarantine. I think one of the, I mean, biggest, a person that's really said it's helped them. I mean, DJ, we, he did an article about mindfulness and how much that's helped him and a lot of things that have been going on. Um, and he says like how great that's been for them, um, for him. We've done like player surveys, like asking them things that they've liked and a mindfulness is a big one that they said has helped them. I think during this time, that's a huge, huge one for a lot of people um, is mindfulness and working on that and being just aware in the moment and what's helping them, what's not helping them and focusing on what you can control. Um, So that would be like a huge thing. I know a bunch of coaches have been really big on that and players are using it too, mindfulness. Um, But that's everyday life. You can use that. Now, when you say using mindfulness, is this just you talking about it or are you actually talking about the, the breathing about it? So so every week we're doing meditations so we're working on being in that moment when your mind's wandering, bringing yourself back. And I'll do, I'll read different scripts for them. And so it's a like guided um, meditation that you're doing. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I, you know, we, we do different ones. We're like last Friday, we did a mindful eating one where I had them bring a piece of food and we went, I went through a script with them to be very mindful, like all the different senses. They didn't like that one as much because they weren't used to it. <laughs> um, but we did one with like baseballs where like they were holding it in their hands and like different sensations in that and noticing the different sensations. We've done progressive muscle relaxation, which is a big one that notices, you notice when your body's tensing and then you can relax. So not just like sitting there in silence, meditating, like you, it's guided because it takes practice. It's another frustrating thing for people is meditation at first. Mm-hmm. But that would be big for, big for high schoolers, like for life. I mean, they should be teaching that in school as well. I know that our middle school, like I teach seventh grade social studies and yeah. I know that that's something that our, our principal is trying to incorporate like a meditation, mindful minute, you know, Awesome. So like what, like, um, so how long does your guided meditations typically last? I'm sure they're probably different. Yeah. I would say I try to make them around like 10 minutes, not too long. Like we're not going for like half hour here, but like around 10 minutes. So you'll kind of teach a skill and kind of talk about your mindfulness Monday and what's going on. And then you'll kind of go over the guided meditation for the day or is it whatever the guided meditation is, that's your mindfulness for the day. Yeah. That's usually when we first started, it was a little bit of teaching just to be like, these are like, the facts you know why again why 
are we doing this? That was the purpose. Um, that was a big one. That was like the really big one. And now it's, yeah, mostly um, me just going through it. It's like a new one that we haven't done before. Like I'll explain it to them and like what the significance is, like why I'm doing this. Um, and then we go through, sometimes I'll have them reflect after, like, how was that? Like just to get feedback too. Um, but now we've been doing it for, my gosh, almost five months. Um, it's mostly just me. Like, here's our, here's our meditation. We're going to go through it. And then we kind of go on. Mm, so we start good. and end the week with that. And then we've done like yoga to help incorporate that in as well. Um, so our assistant GM's wife has, has done a couple of those for us, which has been amazing. Um, I know our strength and conditioning coaches have got, has yoga set up twice a week, I think still for the players. So that, I mean, that's a huge thing for mindfulness as well. So not just sitting in silence with our legs crossed meditating, you know, so, more interactive. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because again, it's just kind of correcting those misconceptions. Absolutely. And that's it. It's, I think that's why when we first introduced it, even with the coaches, so I started it with the coaches in spring training and you know there is a stigma behind it and it's just like normalizing it like it's not just meditating sitting there like there's a reason why we're doing this it takes it's a skill like it's not easy to be very mindful in the moment it takes practice and skill but they're noticing the benefits of it so um i think that's another misconception is like yes, meditation is a form of mindfulness. It's a big one, but you can do things mindfully as well. Like I was saying, like I told like the players, like this week, just try and do one of your chores mindfully. Like, so in the moment when you're doing it, right? Like when your mind wanders to something else, just bring it back to that mindful walks, like out in nature, huge things like that. It doesn't have to be sitting and meditating. Mm -hmm. Just taking it all in and kind of, yeah, not really having that thought or just being where you're at. Well, the thing is, I think too, when people think of mindfulness, like, oh, my thoughts stop. And that's not it whatsoever. Your brain is supposed to wander. It's going to go off into a million directions. Like it's doing its job. But instead, the point of mindfulness is to just, when it does wander, to notice it and bring it back to the task at hand in that moment. So you have control over that. That's what you have control over. So, and you would say, like, when you start with the purpose of why mindfulness, you know, like, cause like right now I know there's going to be some teachers in my building says, why would I need to do this? Cause I honestly think like, like I've given the feedback of it. Like, like I like my, like I, you know, I'm all about mental skills and, and having the mind right. And so, but I, I think the, I think the word itself, it, it doesn't give itself justice. You know, it's yeah. almost like if it would be called something else, because yeah. it does sound monkish. It sounds like, yep, yeah, you are deep breathing, ohms, and yeah. all this stuff. Like it, it doesn't, it's not a great word for it. Yes. Um, you know, but like, why do you feel it's so important? So I like to give real life examples to them. Like I, I, when I was doing it with the coaches, I was just talking about, you know, have you ever been on the golf course and you just have this terrible hole and then you go to the next one and your mind is still on the last hole that you just did you can't change that last hole you can't change how you did on it but then you it just makes you play worse the rest of the round right or I talked about at night when you're sleeping and your mind's just racing you can't fall asleep um or when you're driving and you're like on autopilot you don't even know how you got from point a to point b you just get there right like those are all examples of not being mindful we're focusing on things that like aren't in the moment that are in our control. So I, with the players, I kind of use the same examples to be like, okay. And also like in baseball, like, have you ever thought about a mistake? Like you just keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. 
and you can't perform. So if you're more mindful in that moment, you catch yourself thinking about the mistake and then bring yourself back to wherever you are. If you're in the outfield, infield, whatever you're doing. So just being in that moment, because that's what you can control. So that resonates with them, I think, because a lot of times people, athletes do that. We do that. You know, you ruminate over things or you think about in the future, like what's going to happen. Like, oh, I'm going up against this pitcher. You know, he's going to do that. And it's like, you, you don't know. You don't, you think of things that aren't even in your control. So for like teachers, thinking of like kids, you know, practicing mindfulness would be huge because you have these behaviors that come up where kids just respond, right? They just react. And if you're practicing mindfulness, they'll be able to be more aware in that moment and respond differently. So that's a big thing too. And I think what you nailed the head is that before we teach the students, we need to be taught ourselves and they need to have, you know, our counselors or certain leaders, whatever, saying all the teachers, we're going to get you doing this and get you on board to feel the, the successes and what's great about it. And then yeah. all of a sudden now you become and you can teach the students about it. I think what you said there about you doing the coaches first, you know, you mm-hmm. sitting in spring training with the coaches doing mindfulness first yep. before the players. I think that was huge. Yeah. And we also now we're the coaches and players are together in it. Right. And the coaches like in session are saying, this is helpful. You know, they're, they're big advocates for it. So you know, you see our head of player development, Matt Blood, in there, and he's he does it like every day. So it's like we're not just pulling this out of our butts, right? Like this, like this, it works. Like it, sure. it works. So, um, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's just like a, like if you would be a consultant, you know, a program would bring you in. Um, it doesn't mean anything if the coach doesn't, if the head coach doesn't buy into it. If he doesn't support exactly. you and say, "Oh, here she is. She's the day. I'm just going to go over here. I'll see you guys in two hours." Yeah. You know, I'm sure that's not going to be as well received as it would be if he was doing the same stuff and was very bought into it. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. So that, that's, that's also, I guess that's a a good feedback that I can give my leadership, you know, and things like that. If we're planning on doing this right, it needs to be brought to the teachers need to do it first for a couple of weeks and see the benefits of it, understand why, understand the purpose, you know, and then go from there. And I think to, you know, emphasize with the teachers that, it's not just for the kids, it's for them too. Like they're going to be practicing it in that moment. It's going to help them throughout their day too. If you guys are doing mindful minutes, like that's going to help them. It's not just for the kids, it's for everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's a really powerful tool. Yeah. I was thinking like it would be like every, the start of every class. That's awesome. I think that would be fantastic. I wish I had that in school. I really yeah. do. I think it would be phenomenal. Do you think a guided, you think a guided meditation thing would be, would be a good use there or just a simple thing of just, um, you could even just do like deep breathing for like a minute. Like if they're, if they're taught like deep breathing and like for a minute, could you deep breathing? That could be like beneficial. Like I know mm-hmm. they probably don't have like their phones, like, but like, you know, like Apple watches and there's apps where like it, it helps guide you with breathing, like breathing in and out. So if someone's a visual learner, there's, um, if you go on YouTube, you could even do this if it's like in a class of kids, there's, if you type in like deep breathing, like guided, like they'll have, I, I've had one where it's like a shape that grows for when you're like breathing in. And then when you exhale, it gets smaller and having that visual visual for kids could be really helpful. So it helps them to focus on that. And they're not just sitting there and getting squirmy, Um, like a blowfish that like gets bigger and smaller, but yeah, I know some of our 
um, one of our coaches said when I was doing energy management, I had that image on there and he was like, that was helpful for me because I could see it and it was something I could focus on as well. So. So you, when you were doing deep breathing with him. Yep. Well, with everyone. Well, yeah, yeah. We just sat for like five minutes and breathed. And awesome. yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So that's super cool. So uh, Catherine, this has been awesome. Like I said, we're already over an hour now. Um, it has been crazy. Um, so, so no one can reach you on Twitter since you're Twitterless. Um, no. you know, in Instagram, you're only with it, with the orals on Instagram. Uh, is there any way, like I say, someone would have an idea, like, let's say they're running a program and say, Hey, I'd like to see a couple of skills. Could they contact you in any way? Yeah, they can reach me by email. Okay. <laughs> I, gotta email get great. I gotta get a Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, they can reach me by email if they'd like. Should I say that right now? What it is? Yeah, sure. What do you want? Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> sure. um, I would do. Okay, so the email I should send it to is uh, K B is in Victor R O W E twenty three at gmail Okay. Yeah, they can do that. K V row twenty three at gmail Yeah, and then I'll work on getting a Twitter. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. Yeah, I'm just. I'm, I'm sure that you like with all those skills and those different things that you're doing. Like those are tangible things that people would love. I'm sort of love to see, and they might want to know more of. And you know, it's just gonna help you to show all the great things that you're doing. It's awesome. It's awesome. You stuff. sound like you sound like DJ. That's what he tells me like all the time. <laughs> Seriously, I want you to ask him that. Be like, I will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. He's yeah. he's hoping to see. He's hoping to maybe maybe next week we're doing it. But I know he's, right, awesome. he's wrapping yeah. up his he's wrapping up his college season and stuff. His uh summer league. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. So we're just trying to find a time to get together. But yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, some good conversations, but. You will. You'll have great conversations with him. It's going to be awesome. Well, we had a great conversation too. So I appreciate the time, Catherine. It's been awesome. Thanks for reaching out. Seriously. When Josh asked me, I was like, absolutely. Why not? I've never done a podcast. So it'll be like, cool. Wow. Just a ton of great information. I couldn't wait for this podcast to go back and listen to it again, edit it, um, just with all the great information that Catherine was able to talk about and give. It was one of the a conversation I would love to have again. And um, I know just from those, the, the little bit at the end, we talked about what our school's going to do. I even reached out and she's willing to even share with our school and talk about mindfulness, create some better skills for kids to be able to handle themselves and have more aware, being more aware of, what they're doing and how they're feeling so they can choose a, choose a better response. I loved her work about response and how she's teaching those scenarios with the players because it's not about if adversity is going to happen. It's about when and just helping prepare athletes at the highest level for adversity because adversity will be there. And she's helping prepare them for that so they are more prepared and have a chosen response. I love how she talked about how to identify your growth mindset through your self-talk, through the triggers that you might have when you get those fixed mindsets, conversation in your mind, or when you're trying new skills, that neuroplasticity. That was a great, great time, a great part of the uh, interview, the great part of the conversation we had. Um, I, uh, you know, it's it just great, you know, being an Orioles fan, but just being fortunate enough to have some really good relationships to be able to speak to a person like Catherine and have that, I just can't thank her enough. And for providing some great things that I think, no matter if you're playing baseball or not, you can work on these things. And it's something I want to take into my own my own kids' lives. 
as I'm trying to teach them about having a growth mindset, teach them about breathing, being more self-aware of their choices and about what they're feeling so then they can make the best choices possible. So um, if you have any questions, you can feel free to reach out to me or Catherine. Catherine's email is kvrow23 at gmail.com. If you didn't catch that in the show, it was kv as in Victor, k as in Catherine, v as in Victor, row, r-o-w-e, 23 at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me at treytcob at gmail.com for any kind of feedback you have about the show or anybody you think they might be great in addition for the show. But again, I can't thank you enough for those people who continue to tune in week in, week, out, week in and week out and provide me some feedback on the show. This is a big reason that I wanted Catherine, Catherine back because of the feedback that we got from Brian Kane and people about how, how much those skills and that conversation really just benefited them. So again, thank you to Catherine Rowe and the Barber Oros for allowing us to have these conversations. I hope you found some value in them. And if you enjoyed it, hopefully spread the news, share the episode, and be ready for one next week. So thanks for tuning into the Better Man, Better Ball Player podcast. Keep getting better. And I'll see you next week.